0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to
1: play! Full-time fantasy. Play! Full-time fantasy.
2: It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each And every weekday, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. You can find me on the gram at Aaron 88. Check out all my work at FullTimeFantasy.com. Today, we have the weekly fantasy football injury report, the week seven waiver wire pickups, the weekly snap counts and analysis, injury recap and fantasy impact, week six biggest winners and losers, And you can check out my Week 7 Waiver Wire article at si.com slash fantasy. So plenty of different ways to improve your fantasy team. We will have the rankings up sometime today for Week 7. Everyone's always anxious to set their lineup. Although, remember, a lot of things can change between now and the weekend. Uh, We'll have a lot of players that we didn't know were injured. We'll find out about them tomorrow. It happens every single week. So no rush to set your lineups. Of course, we got the Thursday night game with Denver and Kansas City. And uh, obviously players involved in that game, then we can answer those questions uh, on Thursday. Recommend doing uh, asking about those players on Thursday. Let's see what kind of injuries that we have before we kind of sort through all of that. I'll be joined by Sean Childs of FullTimeFantasy.com coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but we kick it off looking at uh, the game from last night. Uh, everyone's talking about it today due to the officiating, which obviously was not very good, as the Packers beat the Lions 23-22 to 22, uh, coming from behind in this one uh, as uh, Mason Crosby kicks the winning field goal as time expired. Aaron Rodgers had a solid game if you used him here. 24 of 39 for 283, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Also a rush for 10 yards. He's not someone that we're looking to start every week in the past. He's always been uh, pretty much a lock QB1, even though he did struggle last year. And I think it really depends from week to week, uh, especially now with the lack of weapons he has in the passing game. And you could see it uh, first half. He was kind of frustrated with... Some of the things going on with his receiving core and Devontae Adams was out once again with that toe issue. We don't know if he'll be back this week. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, The running back situation is something we warned about last week. You know, we've kind of seen this a couple times already this year. You know, everyone was excited with Aaron Jones after last week's big performance where he had four touchdowns against Dallas, but that was a game without Jamal Williams. And we've seen this year when the two are on the field, there are times where it's kind of an even split. And week two, we saw Aaron Jones get 27 touches, had a huge game. But Matt LaFleur came out and said, Yeah, we don't want to give Aaron Jones that workload every week. The following week, Jamal Williams had more snaps played and more touches. So we knew that this was a possibility. And Aaron Jones didn't help himself in this game, he lost a fumble and he dropped the touchdown. He was wide open, and he just could not catch the pass. It looks like his hands were aligned wrong as the pass was coming in. So that was pretty unfortunate for Aaron Jones, uh, and it led to Jamal Williams getting more involved in the offense. And maybe that was the plan regardless. But when Jones was already teetering on the borderline as far as the workload, it certainly made sense for them to go to Jamal Williams more. And I know fantasy owners are very frustrated because Aaron Jones is someone we've been waiting to see him break out as far as getting the bulk of the touches. We've gotten two glimpses where it's been great, but those mistakes didn't help himself. And then Jamal Williams, actually, probably the best I've seen him look in a long time. He was actually good yesterday. 14 carries, 104 yards, 7.4 yards per carry, including a long run of 45 and Four receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones wasn't awful, but he wasn't as good as Williams yesterday. today. 11 for 47 on the ground and four for 13 through the air. But I think it's pretty clear going forward that this looks like a timeshare or at least a hot hand. So if Jamal Williams is available on waivers, you can pick him up for sure. And he might have been dropped even in some deeper formats because of that concussion. Uh, and he missed last week. So also with it being a Monday night game, maybe some people were unsure if he was going to go this week. So uh, he could be available in some leagues uh, for sure. And it looks like they're going to at least play this even. So it sucks if you're an Aaron Jones owner. I mean, look, if you knew every week you were going to get, you know, 17 to 18 touches from both, I mean, it's not that bad. Uh, and the Packers have been a little bit more reliant on a run. And this was a game that we playing from behind. And uh, we still saw the running backs, especially in the passing game. I guess that's the one thing where you might not see every week. Each of them with four receptions. Uh, This was a game where they were constantly uh, playing from behind. So that was probably a big reason why you saw them so involved in the passing game. Uh, The receiving core is just not the same without Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Another disappointing game. I mean, two catches for 48 yards and two targets. And he did leave this game briefly with, I believe, an ankle injury. Did come back, and he had that big 46-yard play, but just not getting enough targets. The story here was Alan Lazard, 6'5 receiver out of Iowa State, and Aaron Rodgers asked for him to play in this game with the injuries they had. Uh, Rodgers uh, has been praising him. Uh, I think since the year in the locker room, we was talking about that, and Lazard came in and had a, a big touchdown in this game, 4 for 65 and a touchdown. Uh, Geronimo Allison left this game with a chest injury and a concussion. So, if he's out, you know, that could open up more playing time for Lazard. And having the confidence from Aaron Rodgers is very big. I mean, you could see he was very disgusted with some of the plays going on in this game. So, Lazard could be very interesting this week in deep league formats. He could wind up seeing a lot of snaps, uh, especially if Allison's out and if Adams doesn't return. Uh, you could see Lazard out there because uh, he definitely, of all the receivers, stepped up the most. I mean, we did see Mercedes Lewis 2 for 50. I mean, again, it was kind of spread out. Jimmy Graham had an opportunity to catch a ball in the end zone and couldn't do it. Uh, he's been a disappointment. You know, you expected with the injuries they had that Jimmy Graham would play a, a bigger role in this offense, and it's just not happening. He had five targets, caught two passes for 17 yards, but when you're starting a tight end, in the range of Jimmy Graham, you really want a touchdown. That's really what you're hoping for. And he had that opportunity and could not corral a pass in the end zone. And Jay Kumaro, two for 17. So he hasn't done much with his opportunity. And Shepard was just terrible. Uh, Lost a punt. Uh, A pass went off him that resulted in an interception. So uh, you won't see much of him. Lots more ahead as we continue to look at the news and we'll take a look at the Lions side of the football. Really terrible loss for them. Yes, the officiating played a part, but the Lions could not put their foot on the throats of Green Bay last night. We'll talk about their side next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy
0: Sports Radio Network.
2: Is full time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon, week six in the books after Green Bay beats Detroit last night 23-22. to Green Bay five and one, Detroit 2-2-1. And going back to the Aaron Jones Jamal Williams split, uh they basically played four games together this year because Jamal Williams obviously left early in week four with that concussion and then did not play last week. So the way it is this year, Aaron Jones has played 52.3% of the snaps. Jamal Williams, 49.2%. 67 touches for Aaron Jones, 51 for Jamal Williams. And basically, it's been a split a couple of weeks. Obviously, it's skewed for that one game in week two. But this is essentially a split at this point. And I think a lot of people were expecting Aaron Jones to be unleashed. We saw it in week two, but uh, it looks like it's going to be a split going forward. So I think most weeks you're going to play both, but obviously there'll be some weeks where it's a disappointment. Maybe where they get uh, they play from behind and you know they don't run the ball as much. Uh, but they were behind last night. Not that they were completely you know down by twenty. It was pretty much a two possession game. They were down thirteen nothing. Uh, But they kept running the football and at least involved, involved those running backs in the passing game with each catching four receptions. But certainly not what you want to see as an Aaron Jones owner since he was drafted in the third round of a lot of drafts. On the Lions side, I mean, I know that they got screwed by the officials. There were a couple bad calls, but they needed to finish drives early in this game. And that's what I was saying. Sitting there watching, and it's thirteen nothing. I'm like, they are going to regret not getting another touchdown here because they looked really sharp in that first quarter, opening the game with a flea flicker and a sixty-six yard pass to Kenny Galladay. So Stafford came out really chucking the ball, and the numbers that he finished with were absolutely disappointing when you consider the way he started this game. He was eighteen of thirty-two for two hundred sixty-five yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So not a good game for him, and you know he's a QB two in fantasy. Uh, maybe there are some weeks where he's got a QB1 matchup, but not someone that you are going to rely on most weeks. Disappointing game for on Johnson. You know, you expected better with this Packers run defense being their Achilles heel. And on only went 13 for 34 and a touchdown. He also caught two passes for 27 yards. So at least he got the touchdown to salvage your day. But it was definitely a disappointing day. Uh, for Kerryon Johnson earners. You definitely expected to see better. Uh, And passing-wise, Kenny Galladay with a huge game. You know, he had the better matchup here. You know, I think a lot of people were worried that he might see uh, Zaire Alexander, um, but uh, he didn't. Uh, Jair Alexander, sorry, uh, because he's a little bit smaller. He's 5'10". So he went with uh, Kevin King on him, and Galladay took advantage of that, going 5 for 121. So he came through. In this matchup, but that was about it. You know, TJ Hawkinson could have had a better day. Uh, could it control the ball as he went to the ground? Once he got to the ground in the end zone, the ball came out. He had four for 21 and six targets. And the way tight end is right now, he's a borderline tight end one. I mean, it's such a bad, uh, bad uh, situation right now. And um, Marvin Jones with a down game, two catches for 17 yards in this one. So you really didn't get much production at all out of this Detroit lions passing game or, or pretty much overall. I mean, it was really carry on Johnson and Kenny Galladay and probably most weeks. That's how it's going to be in this offense. You know, Marvin Jones, I guess will be kind of matchup dependent, but he's not someone you can use every week. And uh, again, with the state of tight end, uh, Hawkinson is probably a, you know, borderline tight end one every week. But, uh, that uh, recaps that game there as uh, the Packers now five and one on the season. Although uh, Detroit's had a couple of tough losses, they've been a lot better than people think this year, and uh, uh, they they come up short now two two and one on the season after really giving the Chiefs a game right before their bye week. But uh, let's take a look at uh, some of the news going on right now across the NFL. Usually Tuesday's a very slow new day news day, not much going on. Uh, But with the game on Thursday, Emmanuel Sanders, there's some question about him. Remember, he left last week's game with a knee issue, but he did practice today. And the indication is there's optimism that Sanders will play this week. So that would be good news. Obviously, the Chiefs' off defense is not that good. Uh, This is projected to be a high-scoring game. And this could be a week where maybe Sanders gets going. So at least you'll know early on. Again, this is a real bad bye week. There's only four teams on bye, but there are some really, really good players on bye. With Tampa Bay, no Chris Godwin, no Mike Evans. Uh, On Carolina, no Christian McCaffrey, no DJ Moore. So this is a a little bit of a rough bye week here uh, compared to the recent weeks where it hasn't been that bad because we've had some bad teams go on bye or teams that didn't use, uh, were not going there for many fantasy players. So uh, that's going to make it a little bit more challenging this week. A lot of news here on the Patriots. Philip Dorsett returned to practice today. So, you know, he is going to be someone that could see his production go up, especially if Josh Gordon is out. And Josh Gordon, with that knee issue, did not practice today. So, again, it's still early in the week. And remember, the Patriots played Thursday last week. So that gives them extra time. And they're playing Monday night. So this can be tricky here. So you really can't make any decisions with the Patriots until earliest on Friday when we determine whether someone is officially ruled out. And then you might even have to wait till Sunday morning because they're playing Monday night against the Jets. So it sounds like Dorsett could be back. And Dorsett has been good when they have used him in the three full games. He had one game without Antonio Brown, but he's averaging more than six targets per game in the full games that he's played. So he could be intriguing uh, if he's on the waiver wire, uh, Gordon, it's probably kind of risky here with him. So you could be looking at uh, Jacoby Myers also getting a decent size role. And mentioned Jacoby Myers last week in the waiver wire, and he he was solid. Didn't put up big numbers, but there's certainly room here for him if Josh Gordon is out. uh, Nikhil Harry, who we talked about in the first hour a little bit, he was back at practice today for the Patriots. So uh remember he missed uh pretty much uh you know a good Well, I missed the end of the preseason and training camp uh with that ankle injury so he still cannot return until week nine but if you're in a deep format and you have the ability to stash him not the worst ad in the the world because the patriots have had a lack of production or consistency from the receivers and uh We'll see. You know, He's not an automatic. That's why I don't think you need to go crazy. But he is a big-body receiver, and they certainly could use him in the red zone. So that's something to keep an eye on there uh, for the New England Patriots with that receiving core. And, and they do spread the ball out quite a bit. Uh, Ron Rivera, Panthers head coach, would not confirm if Cam Newt will return to practice next week. The Panthers are on a bye. And basically, Rivera said, until Cam is 100%, they're not going to address it. So still not sure what's going to happen. Remember, when they come back from the bye, they play San Francisco. So that's probably not a week you want to bring Cam back with the way the 49ers defense is playing uh, right now. Uh, Let's take a look now at the waiver wire. Uh, I know some of you have to go to the waiver wire tonight, and it's not a great waiver wire week once again. I mean, there's some options out there. It really depends on the depth of your league. Um, So we're trying to cover as many leagues as possible, but you know, I'm assuming many people will play in pretty skillful leagues. But you could be in an 8- or 10-team league, and maybe some players that I don't talk about are out there. And if that's the case, you know, head on over to the message board. If you're listening to the show and you're like, well, he didn't mention this guy, and he's available in my league, it means that he's probably owned in too many leagues. When I write my column, what we try to do is recommend players who are owned in under 40% of leagues across Yahoo!, ESPN or CBS so if someone's there at 42% he's probably not in my column like a guy like Jamison Crowder I didn't put in but he's definitely a must-own if he's out there and I have gotten that question about him in eight or ten team leagues so just because you don't hear me talk about it or you don't see it in the article doesn't mean that player shouldn't be owned so that's where heading over to fulltimefantasy.com on the message board really helps But when we return, we'll take a look at the waiver wire. There's a quarterback that could be out there that I think is a really good pickup for the next several weeks to let you know who it is next. Full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. SportsGrid.com.
3: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: here it is, his full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. Week 6 completes. And we're two days away from Week 7 beginning. It just comes at you fast, man. All of a sudden, you turn around, you do the wave wire, boom. You're ready to start looking at your lineups for the week. So, the season flies by and about halfway through. Uh, obviously, we have the playoffs up until Week 16 in most leagues. So, we assume all of you guys are going to get there, and fulltimefantasy.com is the place where we can help you. You can check out the weekly fantasy football injury report, the week seven waiver wire pickups, weekly snap counts and analysis, injury recap and fantasy impact, and the week six biggest winners and losers. That's all up there. Now, you can check out my week seven waiver wire article on si.com. Slash fantasy. And if you have any questions, head on over to the message boards and forums and ask those questions right now. Let's take a look at the waiver wire. And uh, tomorrow we'll have some early results in a couple of leagues that run. Uh, Quarterback, I didn't put him in my article because he's owned in most leagues, but he is out there in some. Uh, He doesn't reach the threshold of less than 40%, but I think his ownership in Yahoo is 50%. That's Josh Allen. He might've been dropped because he's coming off a bye week, but man, the schedule ahead is great. This week, the Dolphins in Buffalo, where the Bills are 17 point favorites. Then he has the Eagles, and we've seen how bad that secondary has been. Then the Redskins in Buffalo at the Browns in Miami and home to Denver. So it is a really good schedule in the next several weeks ahead so the Bills in pretty good shape here at 4-1 and one. so if josh allen is out there certainly you want to pick him up sam darnold i already picked him up in a couple leagues a couple weeks ago some of the online championship leagues uh, i knew that once he came back uh, this jets offense would come to life and unfortunately it happened against my cowboys darnold couldn't wait another week i didn't need to see him back last week Uh, But if you have Jets skill players, you're certainly happy about that. Darnold looked really impressive. 338 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Tough matchup, though, this week against New England. It's hard to recommend him this week uh, with the way that Patriots defense has been playing. Uh, Again, I do believe the Jets give the Patriots a game this week. I think it will be a lot closer than people think. Uh, That line opened at 10. I'm seeing it's 9.5 now. So uh, the Patriots, again, have not been great this year i know it's crazy to say when they're six and zero, and you look at how many games they've covered the spread but there's been a couple of instances where the offense just not has not looked good and the defense of special teams has really carried them but darnold after this week gets the jaguars and we're not sure if uh, Jalen ramsey could be back but after that dolphins giants redskins raiders Bengals, and dolphins again that is a really nice schedule there's weapons in this offense with robbie anderson Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, and Chris Herndon whenever he comes back. So, Darnold, certainly not someone this week, but I think you'll be looking at him uh, in the weeks ahead. Uh, if you're looking for someone this week, Daniel Jones. He was probably dropped. He was dropped in a super flex league I was in, and I was able to get him off the waiver wire. Unfortunately, no fab. It's one of those Yahoo ones. I think that's the only league I'm in that has no fab. Uh So most of my leagues are all fab. That one's not. And and I just hate it. But that's the way uh, it was designed and set up. So Daniel Jones could have been dropped because think about it. He came out against Tampa Bay, as first start, and he was good. People spent a lot of money. My goodness, I saw some huge bids in the high-stakes leagues. And he had 336 yards, two touchdowns, four carries, 28 yards, and two scores against Tampa Bay. But if you looked at the schedule the next few weeks, you knew it was not going to last Redskins, Vikings, and Patriots. Three touchdowns and six picks in those games. Not a surprise, and especially against the Patriots. You can't can't really judge that because there was no Evan Ingram, no Sterling Shepard, no Saquon Barkley. So this week, though, he's in play going up against the Cardinals. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and they run a lot of plays, so it should be a high-paced game on both sides. And the Cardinals do get Patrick Peterson back from suspension, uh, but the Giants could have some weapons, soon. I'm sure Daniel Jones will shy away from Peterson, although it is his first game back. Running backs, Jamal Williams, obviously, is the primary pickup this week. He could be available on waiver wires since uh, he had missed uh, the last game with a concussion and people saw Aaron Jones on his four touchdowns and probably said, oh, that's it. Aaron Jones sees the job. But we already know when these two have been together on the field this year, it's Been pretty much a split. Again, I went over the numbers in the previous segment about Aaron Jones still having more touches. But that was skewed by that one big Week 2 game where he had 27 touches. But in the other games that they played together, it's pretty close. So they're both in play pretty much every week. Uh, And if Williams is out there, you certainly need to add him. There's not too much else at running back this week. If Chase Edmonds is out there, mentioned him last week. You know, you could look at him. Obviously, David Johnson played, but a back issue is always tricky. It can pop up at any time. And Evans is still playing a decent role for an offense that does run a lot of plays. So, again, not eye-popping numbers last week. Five carries, 34 yards, two receptions, 33 yards, and a touchdown. It's the second straight week he scored a touchdown. The week before, he had eight carries, 68 yards, and three catches for 18 yards. So, you know, especially with these bye weeks here, if you're in a 14- or 16-team league, You might actually start Chase Edmonds this week. So I think he's certainly someone you want to have on a roster. Don't know about Todd Gurley. They're saying he could return this week, but you never know. So Malcolm Brown could be still out there. I doubt it, but, you know, someone that you could look at. Also, Daryl Henderson, man, he looked good. You know, talked about it in the first hour. You know, he finally got some touches with Gurley out. And Henderson showed some good birth on a couple of carries against the 49ers, who are a good run defense. Henderson played 28% of the snaps, six carries, 39 yards, including a 22-yard run, and caught a nine-yard pass. Uh, And this was a game where the Rams offense did absolutely nothing. So if Gurley's back, you might not see him much, but you know, Gurley still, to me, is someone that you have to worry about. Uh, He has the arthritic knee, now a quad injury, or so they say. So that was my concern with Gurley this year, is making it through the year and the durability. We already knew the workload was going to diminish, but uh, how long will he hold up? Benny Snell can't help you this week because the Steelers are on bye. but if you do have James Conner or room to stash a running back, uh, Snell is not that bad of a pickup either. Uh, James Conner did leave the game in the third quarter with a quad issue, so we haven't really seen any updates on that. and We not, might not get that much. The Steelers are on bye, so he might be fine with the extra week to rest. Jalen Samuels is going to miss several weeks with a knee issue, so Snell is the backup right now. He had 17 carries for 75 yards and caught a 14-yard pass last week against the Chargers. And when the Steelers come back from the bye, they get Miami. So that could be a week where Snow gets double-digit touches uh, if the Steelers are able to uh, dominate Miami like most teams have. Mark Walton of the Dolphins look. That's how bad running back is. You really don't want to put Mark Walton in your lineup. Uh, very few Dolphins. If you are going to go with Miami, it's wide receiver. Now, We saw Walton get the start. Again, that doesn't mean much in fantasy, but he did play 45% of the snaps, and he had more yards than Kenyon Drake on less touches. Uh, Walton had six carries, 32 yards, caught five of his six targets for 43 yards, and it just doesn't seem like the Dolphins love Kenyon Drake. So Drake had 16 touches, um, 11 for Walton, uh, and 75 yards total for Walton, 70 for Drake. So there is a chance we see him more going forward as they clearly are tanking. Maybe they want to see what they can get out of Walton. So, again, this is for deep formats, 20 roster spots, 12 team leagues, and it's kind of a desperation play to start him. They're going up against the Bills this week. I'll say it again, Alexander Madison, definitely. Certainly if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, you want him. Uh, but he shouldn't be on the waiver wire because you know what's gonna happen. If anything happens to Dalvin Cook, Madison is gonna just be like expensive. There will be a team that probably blows their entire budget on him at this point of the year. You know, as we get deeper into the season, uh, people that have money are more apt to spend it on a running back that steps into a big role. So, uh, thirty percent of the snaps last week for Madison. Uh, he almost scored a touchdown too, and then he was taken out. Dalvin Cook scored on the next play. Now, most of his carries did come in the fourth quarter as the Vikings were nursing a double digit lead, but I do think you, uh, wanna have him on the roster for sure, uh, and get him cheap while you can now, just in case anything happens. A wide receiver, you know, Auden Tate, he's been in the waiver wire column, and we've talked about him the last few weeks. If you could go back and look, almost every catch he made this past week was phenomenal. I mean, these were not easy catches. And he obviously benefited with Tyler Boyd seeing Marlon Humphrey. Tate has played at least 88% of the snaps in four consecutive games. And this is an offense that can't run the football. They're constantly playing from behind. And uh, it's going to lead to a lot of opportunity for Tate going forward. So he had five receptions for 91 yards, second times in four games Tate had double-digit targets, and he's reached double-digit points in PPR formats in three of the last four games. This guy was probably dropped because he was on by last week, and again, not a flashy name, but Cole Beasley, high floor, good matchup this week going up against Miami, and uh, Beasley has at least nine points in PPR formats in four of the last five games. He has 38 targets in five games, so he's been a good addition. That's helped Josh Allen to kind of move the chains a little bit and not worry about going deep all the time. So, he certainly has a good matchup this week. Dante Pettis, you know, I liked this guy before the year. And, obviously, it was a terrible start to the season. And, I really don't want to trust any 49ers receiver right now. But, Pettis is playing more snaps each week. He almost scored a touchdown this past week. And, you know, he was second on the team with six targets. George Kittle at the most with eight. Uh, Pettis, again, not a big line. Three catches, 45 yards. But the 49ers play the Redskins Redskins, and then Cardinals in two of the next five. Now, they've been running the football a ton, uh, and their defense has been so good, they don't need to pass much. But at some point, especially with some tougher opponents coming, that should change. So Dante Pettis, someone that you could take a look at. Mentioned Philip Dorsett. He's got 20 targets in three full games that he's played without Antonio Brown and uh, three touchdowns in that. Same thing with Jacoby Myers. He could play a bigger role as well in this offense going forward. When we return, I will be joined by Sean Childs of FullTimeFantasy.com. We'll talk football with him. Remember, he'll have his Week Seven projections probably out sometime tonight, and he also is on those message boards answering your questions. We'll talk with Sean next. It is Full Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis is here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. Joining me now, it is Sean Childs. You can check him out at fulltimefantasy.com. Projections, answering your questions on the message boards and doing very well in the high-stakes league. Sean, how are you today?
4: I'm doing good. Getting so excited for another week. Uh, hopefully uh, get some uh, star players back in the lineup. It looks like Barkley might play this week.
2: Yeah, it certainly would be good to have him back. I would think he is back too. He's been practicing. We've seen video, so hoping that he is in there because I can certainly use him in a couple leagues. weeks. Uh, Stephon Diggs coming off his best game of the season. Three touchdowns, 167 yards. Is Diggs back, or is this an opportunity in leagues where you can trade to say, you know what, let me sell on him based on this inconsistency in the passing game for the Vikings offense?
4: Well, he looked pretty good last week, you know, and it was a good matchup. And Philly struggled to call, cover the deep passing game. He should have had another long touchdown, and he dropped two other passes. So he could have had a lot more if he, uh, you know, hung on to the ball a little bit. And Cousins made one better throw, but um, you know he has the potential. Um, is exactly you know we get these questions all the time you know, about Big Fuller and stuff like that, and you get the short scores, short scores, but when they're on they can score the 40s you know and that's what you have to wait for but you know he should be a little more consistent it was good to see the way the vikings uh use their passing game this week they had, you know had you know the um the quarterback roll out a couple of times and you know to create more time and hit on some plays so you know they they should be a little more balanced uh going forward just you know some of the matchups have dictated that they hadn't didn't have to throw and uh Cousins' Zed's look better. His completion rate's getting where it was last year, around seventy percent. So it's just overall the Vikings have enough tools on their offense. They should be more explosive. So I'd kind of hang on to them and not give them away, but you know, we'll see what happens with that.
2: It was a terrible performance by the Rams offense this week, just seventy-eight yards passing by Jared Goff as the 40 ers defense just completely shut them down. And Goff's had a rough year. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Are the Rams an offense that you're concerned about, or is this a good opportunity to maybe buy low, especially with the Falcons
4: and Bengals on deck? Yeah, they should bounce back, but I, it's just they're not the same team with, without Gurley being a big part of the offense. You know, this they need you know the defenses need to defend the running uh, the running back, and Gurley needs to be active in the passing game and. You know, he, I know the, that he was banged up last week and didn't play, but you could just see what they were missing in in that game. Um, and, you know, they gained, you know, what, on that first drive, a ton of guys rushing on the open drive, ran it seven times, scored a touchdown, and then after that they did nothing for the rest of the game. So, you know, the 49ers defense has in, in, improved, but I'm sure it's not the uh, 85 Bears. So uh, the Rams uh, have some talent at wide receiver. Tight end looks pretty good, but they have to be a lot better than they have been the last uh, – um, you know,
2: couple games. Talking to Sean Childs from fulltime Sam Donald returned for the jets. And obviously the offense looked way better. Uh, 338 pass yards, two touchdowns. Uh, how do you look at this jets offense from a fantasy perspective going forward?
4: Yeah, it looked like Dallas came into the game looking to you know minimize the damage with Bell and make Darnell pass it, and then it, you know he he looked pretty good. He should have his tight end back. You know, Demaris Thomas looked okay. You know, you know Robbie Anderson deep passing game, Crowder was more you know as a possession guy and even getting a little downfield. So you know, overall, I mean, the Jets, Jets' offense probably you know played how um, Jets fans hope they would play would play coming into the season. So uh, it was a good progression game. Uh, it'd be interesting to see it because. Realistically, the you know the Patriots are banged up at wide receiver. The defense has played really well, and uh you know the Jets, if if they can move the ball pretty good and Bell you know plays a little bit better, you know they're they're going to be a pretty good match for the Patriots because you know they just uh you know they're at some point you know somebody's going to be able to score on them, and you know they have to prove that you know their wide receivers and their secondary wide receivers and you know Ben Watson or whoever they're going to play at tight end can make some plays too.
2: Patrick Mahomes still dealing with this ankle injury. He did have three touchdowns, but this offense has not been the same over the last couple of weeks. Tyree Kill was back, and he had two touchdowns. How do you look at the rest of the receiving core right now, though? Uh, do you feel confident that you could take a shot with DeMarcus Robinson, McCall Hardman? We don't know if Sammy Watkins will play this week, or uh, do they just have such low floors right now that it's tough to start them?
4: Yeah, they went from uh, exciting uh, secondary options to like scared to death to put them in your lineup. But uh, you know they need uh, they need Kelsey to get rolling. You know, obviously Hill was a big part of the the, the game plan last week, even though he was on the field for only fifty percent of snaps. He should get get more playing time once he gets a little better shape. But you know, it's it's the problem is last week they don't, they only had the ball for twenty minutes. They couldn't get Houston off the field, um, and then a couple chances they had to extend drives that you know you know weren't able to make plays in the fourth quarter. So. Um, you know Holmes is a you know a great quarterback and you know he has two re- premier uh, players, but they kind of have to get back to using the running backs in the passing game. They have to move the ball a little bit better. So um, I'm not sure about you know who to trust. Them. Hopefully, Watson, uh, Watkins can play this week, and then just uh, probably Hartman's the best of the rest.
2: Aaron Jones obviously saw a little bit of a diminished workload yesterday. He did have a drop, touchdown pass, and a fumble. And Jamal Williams looked good. We've seen this basically be a split outside of week two when Jones had 27 touches. Is this essentially a split going forward? And if that's the case, how do you view these two on a weekly basis?
4: Yeah, they, they should be a split They're just based on how the team starts. The second running backs uh, you know, pretty decent, but you know, Jones is still going to get 18 touches a game. You know, he did the big game against Dallas, and you know, he had the kind of the whole show that week. You now this week, it just uh, you know, kind of like you said, it hits on that play, the big play, and. Even Williams hits on that one long run. If Jones hits on it, you know, he has a pretty good game. So just a couple of plays didn't work his way in his game, but, you know, he's still an explosive player that actually hasn't hit on any, you know, big runs. But, you know, he's going to be productive running back, and, you know, he's going to get some goal line chances. But, you know, Williams is going to get, you know, 10, 12 touches a game, and he's going to get in the way somewhat. So, you know, just not a lock, you know, every week, but, you know, a guy you have to play because he's explosive.
2: You know, fantasy owners who took Joe Mixon likely took him in round two, and I think it's difficult for many players to give up so quickly on a guy they took in the second round. But the bottom line is uh, this offense cannot run the football. I mean, it's been terrible for Mixon. Yes, the volume is there most weeks, but uh, there's not many touchdowns. There's only one touchdown this year for him uh, receiving uh, on the season and a uh, low point this past week with eight carries for ten yards. uh I mean, is it to the point where you say, "Hey, I know you spent the high price tag on Mixon, but you kind of have to keep him on your bench right now"?
4: Yeah, I think you have to get away from him unless he, unless he has a really good matchup, what he did against um, I think Arizona a couple weeks ago. But he just—he's uh, a guy that's uh, kind of even more frustrating than you know Giovanni Bernard. You know, in third down situations, stealing more touches. So you know, he's not like the guy that's going to be a lock to get eighteen touches, eighteen to twenty touches a game. So um, you know, the team's not going in the right direction. Maybe AJ Green helps a little bit. You know, but losing their rookie left tackle before the season was kind of a strike. You know, where you hope that their offensive line would at least make a progression. So, obviously, six games into the year, it's it's been a real struggle, and it's a tough guy to even you know think about starting.
2: Alan Lazard had a really good game for Green Bay yesterday. They're hurting at receiver right now. Geronimo Allison left the game with a concussion and a chest injury. You heard Rodgers praise Lazard. Is he someone that you're looking at this week in deep leagues to pick up? Could he play a role in this offense going forward? I know we still don't know about Devontae Adams and his status, but is Lazard someone you would consider adding this week?
4: Yeah, I'm going to take a shot at him. I thought he looked pretty good. You know, he looked like he had a little fight. He had size, you know, and he, and he, he made some plays. So, uh, you know, Valdez-Scanley, you know, can, you know, he's on some crossing patterns once in a while, a deep pass, but, he, you know, he's tough to trust, especially against a good defensive back and, you know, Allison, you know, gets banged up and you know, he's in the past, but he he never really stays healthy. So I, I'm going to take a shot on him this week. Uh, you know, I don't know how much I can invest on him, but I'm gonna. If I got spots where I got a you know a weak wide receiver on my bench. I'm going to take a shot for him for sure.
2: Talking to Sean Childs, fulltimefantasy.com. Uh, we saw a little bit of Daryl Henderson, and he looked pretty good on a couple carries. I mean, I know a lot's going to depend on the status of. Todd Gurley, but do you think the Rams might inject Henderson into the offense a little bit more to get some of that uh, speed out there?
4: I, I think he would be a much better mix with Gurley because he would kind of bring the same, same kind of dynamic to the to the offense. So uh, he, he, like you said, he looked really good. He just kind of had that one play where it was a bad pitch and a fumble, and they kind of like you know didn't give him much, many chances out that. But you know, Brown's kind of a grinder running back and catch a couple of passes, but you know he's just not. He just doesn't bring excitement. So Henderson is a guy you could just see his movements getting in the open field. He can make plays, and and he's a he's a guy I would rather handcuff with Gurley, and hopefully you know he can be the guy that can you know position the Rams where he can be the you know the complementary back going forward.
2: Keenan Allen opened the season with a ton of targets, but the last two weeks he has twelve. Hunter Henry returned last week. Mike Williams is getting a lot of targets. Is this just hey he's faced a couple of tough corners and teams are paying more attention to him, or uh, is this something to worry about?
4: Yeah, it was probably just a matchup thing the last two weeks. Usually, uh, you know, Rivers will still go you know go after him a little bit. You know, two weeks ago he seemed like he was single covered a lot, and he just didn't you know throw the ball to him. And this this week the game game to his direction either. But he's a good enough player where you know he could bounce back for you know, 10 catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, in in the Chargers really need a win to get that offense going back in the right direction.
2: A lot of DeAndre Hopkins owners are disappointed. He had two touchdowns in week one. He has not scored since. He's still getting the volume, and he did drop a touchdown pass this week. Would you take advantage of those frustrated Hopkins owners if you're in a trading league and try to get them now?
4: Absolutely. It was really surprising to see that he only worked like the first – Five or seven yards past the line of scrimmage. All little short stuff. Really didn't take any chances with him downfield. Um, his only big play was kind of a broken tackle. And he got like 15 yards late in the, you know, late in the game. But uh, he, he, when he wanted to get open, he could get open. And, and watching him throw him the ball, just uh, no big plays. And he's usually great, on, you know, around the goal line. And you know, he just uh, he isn't getting the chances. And uh, but that should turn against some different teams. And I expect him to have a couple of good games. But he's. For as great as he's been in the last couple of years, he's been kind of, kind of really a disappointment for four or five weeks.
2: Do you have any idea how this backfield is going to play out in Kansas City going forward? Like, who's the guy that you want, if any?
4: Well, um, Daryl Williams kind of made that big play. He looks kind of intriguing to me. Uh, just uh, it's just a, it's going to be a mess from week to week and just you know game flow. But they're going to have to get the ball to the running backs a little bit more. Um, McCoy, which surprisingly had the most chances last week, and uh, it was kind of deceiving because you thought maybe Williams was on the field a little bit more. But um, it's just uh, I guess it'll be a week to week thing. And whoever's got the hot hand, but um, it just uh, it's a lot messier than uh, they thought before the season.
2: Yeah, definitely. It certainly, seems that is the case right now because uh, they really didn't get high usage. Uh, what do you think happens in Tennessee if Ryan Tannehill becomes a quarterback? Does it do anything? Does it upgrade anyone, or does it not matter?
4: Well, I mean, you, you got the hope that maybe he, Corey Davis and uh, you know uh, AJ Brown could do something because Brown actually he he did make a big play in that game, that called back for a penalty, but he, he you know he kind of flashed when Tannehill was in there a little bit. And just they they, they just gotta have to do a better ball job throwing the ball. They have three decent receivers, uh tight ends decent, and even get a pass catching the back there. Just uh for some reason they just don't pass the ball well and uh, you know, Mario despite the problem and you know Tannehill, maybe he can get it going and uh, you know get it on the right direction. But they play good defense, they have a good power running game, so uh, just uh just some reason that offense just doesn't click where it looks exciting And, and, and it, there's enough talent there where it should be better.
2: I let people know what you got going on at full time fantasy. What's the plan this week for you and what you're going to put out?
4: Uh, Working on the projections, uh, you know, for the early projections, get them done, you know, Tuesday, you know, first run through. Don't have all the information on injuries, but, you know, tend to update them on, you know, Friday and, uh, you know, and, and you have single updates over the weekend that, you know, get, get sent to, uh, to the site. And then the quarterback, running back, and why wide receiver tight end reports for the daily games. And, and then get ready for uh, Sunday's action.
2: All right, Sean. Thanks a lot for the time. Good luck this weekend. All right. We'll talk to you soon. That is Sean Childs. You can find him. Cannon. 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 Cannon.
3: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. A couple more minutes to go. Yet if you have any questions, head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com. Hop on the message boards and forums and ask them there. Uh, Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network reporting that the Redskins are working out free agent running back Josh Ferguson, according to his source, because Chris Thompson is dealing with a mild case of turf toe, and his availability is in some doubt. So, you know, Thompson has been pretty solid as a PPR back. I've been actually using him. A couple of weeks uh, as my RB2 in a league where I have Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, McCaffrey's on bye this week, so uh, could be hurting at that position. Uh, just also want to mention, too, uh, one name that I didn't mention I because I, he's owned in a lot of leagues is Latavius Murray. You know, I think he's been dropped over the last few weeks. Uh, his ownership in Yahoo's uh, 47%, I believe. So. You know He played a lot more last week, 42% of the snaps. He had eight carries and three receptions, one uh, penalty also called back at a long reception. So Alvin Kamara uh, banged up. He was on the injury report last week with an ankle issue and then, of course, uh, injured his knee in the game. So the team did work out Tra- Travaris cadet today, so there's certainly a possibility that maybe Kamara sits. The Saints don't have a bind to Week 9, so... Uh, they're in good shape at 5-1. and one. They'll have Drew Brees coming back. So you never know. Maybe they say uh, be cautious and potentially sit him out. We don't know that yet, but uh, just certainly something to keep an eye on. And again, that's why you just can't really set your lineups just yet. Uh, there's a lot of injury news that is going to come out. Uh, so that's why it's important to work the waiver wire. And again, this is a very difficult week uh, when you go look To set your lineups, you're going to see some key players out on buys this week, even though there's only four teams on buys. There's some pretty, pretty significant players that will not be playing this week so make sure you hit the waiver wire and probably the best running back out there this week is probably Jamal Williams Uh, again not a ton on the waiver wire this week but you got to dig deep especially with these teams on buys you're going to have to start some players that you don't feel comfortable with uh, but it's going to be important here there's only two teams on buy in week eight so uh, this week though some really really significant players that will be sitting out this week but if you have any questions you need any help head on over to full time fantasy com hop on the message boards and forums ask those questions and we'll have you covered I'll be back Wednesday 2 p.m. Eastern right here on the fantasy sports radio network